This is abnormal entertainment. I don't know how to tell you this, Mr. Devaney. So I'll let these guys do it. You have AIDS. Yes, you have AIDS. I hate to tell you, boy, that you have AIDS. You got the AIDS. You may have caught it when you stuck that filthy needle in here. Or maybe all that unprotected sex put you here. It isn't clear, but what we're certain of is you have AIDS. Yes, you have AIDS. Not HIV, but full-blown AIDS. Be sure that you see that this is not HIV. it was something less serious. But it's AIDS, you've got the AIDS. Hi folks, this is Daniel Garza and this is Put It Together. I'd like to thank the folks at uh, Abnormal Entertainment for allowing me to come to you guys every week. As you know, we come to you every Wednesday is the new show, so make sure you follow us. Go check it out on Facebook and uh, like the page and become a fan that we can get first dibs on, on everything that's going on. Uh, I'd like to say hi to all my uh, Abnormal Entertainment brothers. Uh, make sure you check out Matthew Brown and Sean Salas on the BS Carnival. Go and check out Tony Hughes and Leo Wachowski on Unprotected Sports. It's one of the new shows and they're doing quite well. Welcome, guys. Um, Kevin and Cam, my bosses. They have their own show, Raise Your Spirits, plus they each have their own shows. So make sure you go to the Abnormal Entertainment page. Uh, oh, and also my, my little buddy, it's uh, Matt Grenier. He has his own show, On the Way Down, which is doing really well. I'm really proud of Matt. But make sure you go to um, abnormalentertainment.com and check out all the podcasts we have on there. We have a bunch of stuff. We have Success, the podcast, which is uh, Cam's personal podcast. We have... Um, Kevin has his own thing, and I'm looking on the page right now. Uh, what else do we have? On the Way Down, we have The Grim Facts with Donovan Grimm. Uh, Raise Your Spirits, which is uh, Kevin and Cam's show. Uh, but just go on there. Check them out. We have a bunch of shows. Anything you like, we probably cover it. Um, so today's show, as you could probably tell from the intro song, uh, we are talking about HIV and AIDS. And... Uh, if you listen to the first show, you remember me talking about my own personal story a little bit. I've been, uh, I was diagnosed in September of 2000 and have been positive since. When I was diagnosed, I was actually diagnosed with AIDS. And my numbers for any of you that know out there, and uh, my T cell count was about 110, which is pretty low. And my weight had gone from about 150 pounds to about 100 and eight pounds, 110 pounds. So I was pretty skinny guy. If you want a comparison on pictures, you can go to uh, my Facebook page and you can check out the picture. But for this time, I have never put, actually published the photo, but I have a picture of January. I was diagnosed in September, and I have a picture in January from when I was diagnosed uh, that I took for an ID. Nobody's actually really seen this picture other than really close friends. But because of the nature of the show and because I want to be honest and truthful with you guys, I'm going to post that picture so you guys can see the before and after. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about the realities, the things that happen from within. I know that you guys can go online and you can check out facts and figures and hear stories. 
But you're going to hear it firsthand from me, and I'm going to bring in a, a guest in a minute, uh, Frank Bernola, who is one of my good friends, a neighbor, and uh, we had some really interesting conversations a couple of days ago in the car talking about just life with HIV and everything that comes with it. Uh, he's a really smart guy, really creative, and has some really cool points of view on how life really is. We live pretty different lives, but we are united. We're, uh, I guess, amigos, compadres, and HIV, which is, I assure you guys, it's not a good, uh, it's not a great uh, fraternity to join. We don't want you to be part of it. So today we're going to give you some information on that. But just like I did last week, I'm going to give you some info on some movies. Maybe there's some stuff that you don't know about HIV and you you want to find out a little more. Um, on Wikipedia, and that's where I got my information today, you can go on there and check out some of the movies. And these are actually movies that I've seen that talk about HIV and AIDS. Uh, and The Band Played On, which is from 1993. You can check that one out. Angels in America, which is a really good movie. Uh, there is uh, Rent, famous, when it was a stage production. Uh, Long-term Companion. There is And The Band Played On. I already said that, right? And Philadelphia. And one of my favorites that wasn't on the list, and I was surprised to not see it on the list, it's uh, it's My Party with uh, Eric Roberts, who played the lead in that. And there was a lot of really famous people on that. Margaret Show was in there, uh, Olivia and john A lot of really famous actors were in that movie. Check it out. That was actually one of the very first movies that I saw about HIV and AIDS. Um, in fact, after I was diagnosed, I was fortunate enough that I was living on, in the Texas border, and my mom was there with me in the bedroom, and it came out in Spanish, because my mom doesn't speak English. It came out in Spanish, and her and I, this is like January, February after I was diagnosed, we sat down together and watched uh, It's My Party in Spanish. And I don't want to give you the whole story if you haven't seen it, but it's about Eric Roberts, who finds out he's HIV positive, or he's diagnosed, and it's this early 90s, and he decides to commit suicide. And take his own life, and this was this was a reality for a lot of people back then. Uh, the medications were so harsh that people just sometimes just decided to end it. Um, he had this, uh, I guess, in the movie, he had this really good life insurance, and if he died accidentally, then all the money would go to his whoever he had on his papers. Anyway, it's pretty sad. And then just this morning, which is kind of a coincidence, this morning I watched an episode of Designing Women, where they designed a room for a gentleman who died of AIDS. And it actually made me cry this morning. I was, uh, it's a pretty interesting film because the, the guy comes to the women of designing, the, the women at Sugar Bakers to design a room so that this uh, mortuary or this uh, viewing uh, place can have a room for anybody who dies of HIV and AIDS and they don't have to pay for it. Anyway, it was pretty sad. I, I didn't remember the show till I saw it this morning and it made me cry. Which was right before we went and had breakfast with all my neighbors. And it's a group of neighbors that we get together a couple, uh, at least every other week to have breakfast. And just for a little while, we're all just united and, and we forget about, I think that's the hard part. We forget that we're positive. And sometimes it's not that easy. Sometimes, uh, I don't want to say too much right now because I want to bring Frank into the conversation and... So I can talk to you guys about this too. Um, but sometimes I think that lately 
especially after all these years, you know, HIV and AIDS has been around now for about 30 years. As you heard that song in the intro, fam that was from Family Guy, so thank you the folks at Family Guy for their witty sense of humor. I don't find it offensive if you're, if you're wondering. It's the reality. Some people get HIV, are diagnosed with HIV first, and some people are full-blown AIDS, and that's, it's, it's not funny, but it's just part of life. It's, it's something that, I guess, if I'd known better, I wouldn't have been infected. Um, if I'd known what, what questions to ask, if I hadn't been maybe on drugs and alcohol, if I hadn't been promiscuous, there's a lot of what ifs that could happen, but the fact is that I am positive. And I still live a productive life. I still have to get up in the morning and I still, well, I can't lie about cleaning my room because Frank's here in my room while I'm recording and he knows perfectly well that my room is a junkyard right now. But I take full ownership and I, 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 I'm a, I've been lazy, guys. I've been working a lot lately, so give me a break. But you know what? I'm not going to delay anymore because there's a lot of stuff that I want to talk about. So I was going to wait a little longer, but I'm going to go ahead and bring Frank into the conversation and let him introduce himself. Hi, Frank. Hi. How are you doing? Great. How are you doing? Good. Um, so I already told the folks, so we're neighbors, and we've been friends now for about three years since I've lived here. Mm -hmm. And so they know uh, about my diagnosis. Can you tell us about when you were diagnosed and how you found out? Yeah, I, um, I found out in 1998. And what, from what I understand is they probably had it a few years before that's what the doctor told me. Because uh, my T-cells were, I believe, 210 at the time. And I don't know what the viral load was, but it was, it was pretty high. Um, my initial reaction to it was, well, pretty much everybody I know is HIV, so I guess I'm in that club. And it didn't hit me right then and there. So I just kind of went along with it, went on the medication, and the medication in the beginning was Comavir, uh, <clears throat> Sestiva, uh, and um, it worked, and it worked really good. It brought my my levels down to undetectable, and I've been undetectable since 1998. Cool. So, um, And let me just uh, footnote, for anybody who don't know, um, the viral load is basically your T-cell your T -cell count. We, we all have T-cells, and a normal is about, what, 1,500? And a normal person, 1,200? Yeah. So once you're HIV positive, your numbers, your T-cells start going down. Because yes. um, you said your number again is right now? My number right now is 1,000. 1,000. Yeah. And I'm at about 260, 270. So that kind of gives you an idea. Now, don't, don't get bold. T-cell counts doesn't necessarily mean that you look sick, right? Right, exactly. Um, you can have a high T-cell count and look sick anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it depends on your body. It depends on um, how your body reacts to the medication. Right. Um, there's a lot of factors of that factor into that. And um, with me, um, and that's a good point because I, I um, was on this regimen for eight years, and what I did notice about it, and this is this is the misconception that people have, is that oh, you you look fine, you look great, and and uh, you're getting on, just go on with your life. What they don't realize is the medication, along with the virus, is like a double whammy of um, a war zone in your system every day. Right. So what I didn't realize, and I'm, I'm grateful for the doctor that I had at the time, <clears throat> that saw me um, 
after I, I kind of, I think I was with him two weeks. I got introduced to him and I was with him two weeks and finally he looked at me and he said, Frank, what is going on with your legs? My legs were starting to look veiny and my, well, what I didn't know was my butt was, um, I always, I kind of felt like my pants was just falling off. I'm like, what is going on? I used to have, you know, I was pretty, I was in good shape at one time and what my friends were starting to point out is, Frank, are you feeling okay? And I'm like, well, you know, and I, and as they were bringing it up to me, I started realizing that my, my hips were starting to really rub together and get very sore. And um, I didn't think anything of it until this doctor said, we got to get you off this, how long, how long have you been on this regimen? And I said, eight years. He says, we have to get you off this regimen. The regimen's working, but the medication is bouncing against your system so much that it's it's destroying other things. Right. And I got lipodystrophy. And Can you tell I mean, I know what lipodystrophy is, but... Lipodystrophy is when it's, it's uh, the fat is being taken away from your... The good fat cells are being taken away from your body. Right. And so you're... Basically, you're being robbed of the bo the body fat that most people have. You get robbed of that, and it's also the padding that pads your hips, your knees, and all that. So you get affected um, in different ways. With me, I didn't realize he pointed it out to me, and I started realizing, God, do I have veins all over my legs? Right. And I didn't think that was I'm like what well, I work out. Maybe that's what it's from. But I realized when I was working out that I was feeling like. I was fighting against that workout. My legs felt like they were on fire. Well, I got off that regi <clears throat> that regiment, and he put me on. What I was feeling as well was uh, my vision was starting to go. I was getting very blurry. Um, I was in a, a the minute I went on that regiment. I think the minute probably about um, I'd say about a month after being on that regiment, the first regiment. I went into this zone, this dreamlike zone. <laughs> I don't know what the heck. I was at my computer screen and I, I was working on something. All of a sudden, it felt like I drifted into a vertigo zone, but not upside down, just kind of like wacky zone kind of feeling. And I didn't lose that strong. That that strong feeling was that few couple weeks, and then it kind of subsided a little bit. But I was in that zone <coughs> for at least eight years. But I didn't wow. realize it. Because I thought that was that's what HIV is supposed to feel, and isn't that the, the I mean one of the things that I've realized from talking to friends now is is that 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 we don't we forget to communicate with each other mm -hmm. and realize that there's a lot of things that are just a lot of things are normal about being HIV positive, but a lot of things are not, and then we don't. This is one of the greatest things you can put it there. One of the great things is that having friends who are HIV positive that we can talk about it and we can communicate with each other. Because, like, for instance, I've been on four di different cocktails. And cocktails, for you guys that don't know, is the combination of medication that you take to keep the virus in control. I've been on four different cocktails in the last 10, 12 years. How many have you had? Um, <clears throat> three. Three different cocktails. And then, not only is it the HIV meds, because then... Okay, so now you have the HIV under control. But then, just when you think you're okay, I have high blood pressure, uh -huh. I have cholesterol, uh -huh. plus I'm prone for diabetes, yeah. not to mention uh, the acid reflux because of the, all the pills yeah. that you take, uh, and then you have to take extra vitamins yeah. for it because now you're depleting your body, and not to mention all the water that you have to drink because your, your body is just so dry from all the pills. Do you feel anything like that? 
when you yes, what, what you brought up about vitamins is that I was I had to take a multivitamin because of my blood pressure medication. It he, doctor put me on this multivitamin. Well, the multivitamin was giving me such uh, after I don't know a few years was giving me a lot of di digestive problems because right. it was just there's a lot of stuff in the multivitamin. Yeah. And the what I didn't realize until I got off the medication of the of the medi of the uh, multivitamin is that. I went off for, I told my doctor, yeah, I think I need to get off this frog. She said, okay, that's fine. And it took a matter of maybe two weeks, and my body felt like weak, and um, my my hips felt, again, I started to feel that weird feeling mm -hmm. again, and I thought, God, and I didn't realize until I went back on a better multivitamin that your body gets depleted so much, not so much from <clears throat> the disease itself, but the medication right. it depletes a lot of your 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 uh, vitamins out of your system. Um, you know, it's not just the physical end of it. Good segue, because I was about to say. Okay. How, for instance, I get I get annoyed sometimes at night because I take my I take my HIV pills at night, and then I take my other pills in the morning. But there's something about knowing that every night before I go to bed, I have to, it's not that I want to, I have to take these pills, or my body's gonna throw out of whack, or the cocktail won't work anymore, or any X number of things. But it's it's really like being on curfew for the rest of your life, I don't know if that makes sense, that you have to take the pills. Um, how does that feel for you? Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm laughing because um, it is a, it is a regiment, and, and I've been compliant since 1998. It's probably why I'm still undetectable. Um, but um, I don't know what I'd do with myself if I couldn't wake up. If I woke up in the morning tomorrow and I was HIV negative, like I cured, I'd be in shock for a whole day thinking, oh, my God, I didn't take this pill, I didn't take that, but because you get so regimented with... At eight o'clock in the morning, after I brush my teeth, I take my pills. At nine o'clock, before nine thirty, uh, before I go to bed, I take my pills. So it's that constant, like, like you said, curfew. Because it's like oh, I can't go out too much tonight because I gotta take the pills and I'm gonna be tired because the pills, the night pills, make me tired. You know, and, and blah, 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 whole cycle. It's like being, you know, a drug addict. Oh, here I'm on that yeah. cycle. You yeah. know, and. Um, People look at you, the one thing that I have to say is people look at you and they're, and I'm thankful that they say this to me, that you look, you look good. What they don't realize is the veil that is in front of your eyes, that they see one side and you're behind that veil going, right. but I feel all this. Right. And that's the frustrating thing because, again, I, I'm grateful for what they have to say because they're saying it, you know, they just want to make me, they, they want to make you feel good. I understand that, and and they're my friends, but they always say, "Well, you know, you should go back to work full time, and you should get this career and that career." That all sounds wonderful, but at a forty, but I'm a man of forty-seven, who a man of forty-seven with HIV is like a man of seventy. Isn't that that's the funny part? Because they they see us when we're out running around, and when you're when you're full of energy, and this is this goes for me too. Like folks see me like running around Laguna Beach and oh my god you look so great I can't believe you're positive and you look so wonderful 
What they don't see is the next day sometimes when I'm home on the couch, which is probably why my apartment looks like a wreck, because mm -hmm. I, I try to do so much, and then on my days off, all I really want to do is lay on the couch and watch TV. And, and even uh, that's what I wish I had a kid so you could turn the channels on the remote for me because that seems like a, like a big job. Just adopt a kid just for that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're, we're actually talking, I mean, we're talking about that, that when we feel great and people think we feel great. How does it, I was going to say fuck, and I guess that's the good word to use right now. I don't like to cuss on the show, but how does it fuck with your head when you feel energized and tired? To the nuclear part of me? Yeah. Well, you know, when I was working, I mean, it took, you know, I had to, I had to quit work because um, the bosses really didn't, they took, they didn't take to liking me uh, taking naps at 12 noon, <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> I love you know, my naps. I worked in dialysis and they're like, no, you need to be with your patients. Like, well, no, I'm the patient right now, you know, and, and, and so I had to quit my, my work after um, 13 years working 10 hours, eight hours, 10 hours a day. And I thought, well, maybe I'll get into a five-hour job. Well, the problem that I'm facing now is that um, you talked about the next day you're kind of tired, you need to have a whole day to yourself. There are some days that 12 noon that same day, I need to take a nap, and that's I'm done for the rest of the day. Yeah. You know, and no 47-year-old, no no 50-year-old should actually feel that bad. You know, and so um, there's three things that that come into play. The virus, the medication, and your emotion, and it, and it messes with your emotions. Right. You know, and there, I was talking about in the beginning about how I was accepted of the, of the, of it when I first got diagnosed because I don't think it hit right away with me. I just realized, look, my friends are, well, you know, are HIV. A lot of my friends are HIV, so I guess I'm part of that club. It did, the depression didn't hit until five years later. Wow. And, you know, there got to a point where I just felt like um, <clears throat> I was a subhuman to most people. When I look at people out in, in, in the mall and all that, yeah. they're walking around, they're feeling, looking healthy and all this stuff. And I think, God, I just, I wish I had that. I wish I, I wish I can get out of, like, the show Land of the Lost, remember that show? <laughs> yeah. Where uh, they look through the porthole and they see Ashley earth and yeah. everybody's walking around yeah. I feel like I'm in that porthole sometimes going yeah. I need to get away from the sleeve stack and, and you know and that's understandable I mean uh, some stuff that I was gonna say before I introduced you was I remember and it, it's one of the the sad memories I have when I was first diagnosed and I went to live with my sister uh, it was my sister her husband and her kids and they didn't know anything about HIV and AIDS and this is 2000 and I was I was in my I had my own room I had my own towel, my own dishes, my own plates, my own spoons. Everything was separated and, and done separate. And I felt, even within my family, I felt so, I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. I felt belittled. Um, I felt the love because they were taking care of me, but I didn't think they liked me, which was very depressing. Uh, did you experience anything like that? Um I was fortunate to that end. My family was very um, supportive. My mom and dad were very supportive of me. Um, what I did see, I, I did notice this. I was, um, I became roommates with a good friend of mine who isn't positive. And he asked, I asked if I could use his nail clipper. Now this is, this is today's day and age of HIV where 
you, you can't really get it from a nail clipper. Right. No, unless you cut yourself and blah, blah, blah. And let me segue for those folks that, you don't, that don't know. You can only get HIV by transmitting fluids, blood transfusion, and the body fluids is if you have sex with somebody and you don't use protection and there's body exchange, uh, direct body exchange. So just to clarify the myth, you cannot get HIV by touching somebody and you're not going to get it by listening to this podcast, so you're safe. <laughs> and it's insane not to use a condom. Yes. It is a death sentence. And we're going to go into that in just a minute, but okay. finish your story. Um, and so he used, I, uh, I used his nail clipper, and what I, and I did, he didn't see me when he was going back in the bathroom. I noticed that he took a bottle of alcohol out and just put it in the alcohol and then wiped it off and all that stuff. I'm like, okay, I, I guess that's where my category is now. Yeah. You know, and so I, that's where the subhuman comes, like, okay, I'm, I'm one of those people, you know. And it's not that they were trying to make you feel like that. But it's out there, you know. Like I said about the veil, nobody knows what we're feeling but us, right? You know, and it's like um, the cost of bet. Our our bodies are in battle every day. I don't realize that until I finally lay down on the on the bed or the couch, and I can't move. I mean, my legs feel like they're strings, you know. And that's two hours after walking around the beach, yeah. you know, and it's like I, and then there's, and then I don't want to paint a bad picture, I mean, there are days that I really feel good, you know. Well, before we go into the really good days, because okay. uh, you just talked about the subhuman and I like to throw this out there because I'm going to, like every other guest that I have on the show, there'll be a picture of, of Frank on there so you guys can see what he looks like. Um, he's, a, he's a very handsome guy and uh, <laughs> wink, wink, he's, he's single. Um, as, as I am, just to throw that out there, we're both single and good looking. <laughs> um, dun, 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 dating. Because uh-huh. um, I, I, I belong to three different dating sites, and you can find me on there. I'm not ashamed. It's uh, Plenty of Fish, OkCupid, and Badoo. So if you look it around, you can check them out and find me on there. I don't disclose my status because I believe that. If we're not going to get intimate, there's no need for you to know. If, if I go out with somebody on a first date and we're just having a good time, I want you to get to know me for me without all the extra, right. the, all the extra padding. You know, we, we, the obvious things would be, well, I'm gay because I'm going out with the guy. I'm Hispanic because, well, darn, you can't fake that. Um, and I'm a pig because I'll eat everything that's on my plate. But I don't want HIV to be... Frank is laughing at me because we just finished having breakfast and we ate a lot. Um, but I don't want them to know right off the bat that I'm HIV positive. I, of course, now, if you're listening to this and you go out with me, well, now you know. But um, I, I guess up to, up to now, I didn't disclose that on the first date because I didn't want that look and I didn't want that stigma. Um, do you agree? It's funny. Yes, uh, wholeheartedly I do. That look is what... Crash me up the most because it's kind of like, it's kind of like, oh, you're a lawyer, oh, oh. You know, <laughs> because you sit there, and it's not all the time. I haven't, I mean, I, I've gotten some good dates, even being HIV, I've got some good dates. So it's not a horror story every time you go out. But uh, I'm on a, a website, and I don't disclose because, for the mere reason that um, if we're on a I don't want them to sit there and go, oh, he's HIV. Ah, I wonder why. Is he a whore? Is he hepatitis C? That everything plays in their head. I want them to talk to me in person. Right. 
and let them know that I'm a hopeless romantic, you know, for one thing. Uh, but I'm also uh, want them to know where where I'm coming from. But the first date is basically what I'm going to tell them is that, and, I'll, and by the way, I'm HIV positive. Uh, and I won't. I don't even want to say, do you have a problem with that? I want to let them make the choice, you know. But that's the most important thing is to let them know about the first date. This way, they're on the we're on the same level, right? Because you know? it's it's such a relief for me sometimes when I go out with somebody, and the conversation's going great and we're having a great time, and it gets to that point where you know you're gonna kiss, and you're probably gonna go to second base, huh. and there's gonna be a little under the shirt action going on, not the pants, the pants are still on, but. I, I will tell them I'm you know I just want you to know before it goes any further that I'm positive. Now there is a big sigh of relief, and I guess you have to be in that situation to realize it when they say, "Oh, me too," and then there's that. Ah. I've had that several <laughs> times. They're like, you know, you have that head, your head's down. You're like, I got something to tell you, and, all, and then you tell them, and all of a sudden, like, oh. Yeah, I've been since 1998 too, or I've been since 2003. I'm like, oh, do you want to have some more coffee? <laughs> <laughs> and then, but the the really, I don't know if it happens to you, but the all of a sudden you're talking about cocktails and who's your doctor and since when, oh. and, and, and and like you're all into it, like, hi, yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm positive. Oh my god, really? Me too. So who's your doctor? And yeah, it's, it's like a sorority. Like, oh my god. It's like oh, okay. Well, now now that we've connected, can we go back to kissing? Yeah. Um, and that that is a that's a that's a great. I mean, I hate to say it, but sometimes HIV, if you're both HIV, HIV is, a, is an icebreaker, you know. Um, but you go out in the world sometimes with the stigma of okay. I've got to go out and I've got to be myself and who am I going to trust to right. tell, you know. And and so there is, there's a lot of, um, there's just a lot of uh, good times with this because what we just talked about, but there's a lot of stuff that people don't see behind the scenes. Right. You know, um, doctor's visits, you know, and uh, speaking of what you're talking about, the blood pressure, I'm on two blood pressure medications and one cholesterol medication. Now, <laughs> they say, well, it's hereditary. Yeah, well, did it hereditary like in seconds when I got on the medication? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I was, I've had pristine cholesterol yeah. and blood pressure right before and, and uh, a couple of years into the, into the first regimen, uh, the first part of the medication. Um, it's fine. It just, all of a sudden, it heightened. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm like, yeah. well, I'm not doing anything different. In fact, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty much a healthy eater. I, eat, you know, uh, my oatmeal and all that stuff. But um, but you can't. I mean, at a, at a certain point, when you talk to a doctor and they look at your numbers and they say, oh, you know, you get in the stock answer of, well, you look good, everything, numbers are good. I'll see you in six months. They don't have to see me within those six months. I have to be with myself right. within those six months, and. They have. I mean, that the number. If the numbers look good, then they can't do anything past that. If you tell them I'm feeling this, the best they can do is say, "Well, we'll just keep a watch on that." Right. So, well, no, I'll keep a watch on it because I'll be seeing I'll it be every seeing day, it, yeah. you know, and I'll be feeling it every day. And you know, and it it does feel, it does get frustrating, a, a lot of times. Because I yeah, I don't I don't see my doctor until April. Right. But he doesn't realize everything that's been going on from here to there. Absolutely. Um, and I do have to plug my doctor. I, I do have a pretty good doctor now. Um. 
Dr. Thomas Lochner over in Newport Beach, uh, excellent HIV doctor. I really enjoyed going him. He's very good. He used to be your doctor, he correct? Doctor, he used yeah. to be your doctor. But insurance changed. Yeah. Uh, and that's, oh, we'll talk about oh, that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's a whole topic of itself, insurance. Yeah. Um, one of the important things is, okay, I don't know if this has happened to you, but doctors who are HIV negative and that tell you how you feel, and they, they will look at you like you're crazy oh, when well. they tell you. Because, yeah. I, I mean, depression plays a big part. Um, fatigue plays a big part. And I'll admit it. I will say that there were certain points in my last 12 years being positive that I've gotten to depression so bad that I definitely thought, okay, this is it. I'm, I'm done. I don't want to keep going. Right. I'll admit, I'm pretty vain, so I don't think that suicide is for me because I couldn't shit myself because how can it ruin me? And uh, and then if I take pills and they don't find me for a couple of days, well, then they can't view me. They have to be a closed casket and I want them to see me when I die. So uh, for a little serious moment, did you have you ever had those really bad lows where you thought, I'm done? Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of times when I get sick. Um, when I get a bad flu, when I get it in my lungs, there's a, there's time. Not it doesn't happen all the time, but there are times when I'm just not. You know, most people when they get sick, they just feel like crap for like a day or two or whatever. Well, with I can't speak for everybody that's HIV, but for me, it's it's the fact of you get in such a doldrum of why don't we just get this over with and be sick completely and just let it go just tired I don't I don't want to have to go on with this kind of crap it's um, yeah you get into a, a destructive like this is it uh, you know I've got this and then of course then what doesn't help is when you get a doctor saying um, your cholesterol went up a little bit more we're going to have to put you on a number you know and oh. so all that starts to play like oh it's here it is it's starting to happen you mentioned something about um, the doctors uh, telling you um you look great. What were you saying about doctors? Um, how your doctor basically tells you, yeah, yeah, yeah how you should feel. Or yeah, yeah, you because uh, I've gone into doctors. I had a doctor who was, uh, and I'm not going to say his name because I'm going to I'm going to put him down for a little bit. But I had a doctor, and we both know him um, across the street. <laughs> um, who, I mean, I know that I felt tired. I know that I felt my back was hurting for a long time, and my my mood was just low. My energy. And he would just look at me like, well, that you shouldn't feel that way. That's, that you shouldn't be. And I'd be like, don't, like my friend Michelle says, don't shoot me. Um, I know what I'm feeling. And, and I go to the, the doctors who are, are HIV negative and they treat you like you're crazy or they haven't been around enough people who are positive other than the medical, other than the clinic. And they think you're, you're nuts. <laughs> Um, I, I know how I feel. I know my body. And I know when it doesn't feel right. And it pisses me off more when they tell me, oh, you're fine. No, I'm not fine. There's something wrong. And luckily I changed doctors and I feel better than I've had in a long time. Yeah. But you can't, you can't really determine exactly what the feeling is. You just don't feel right. Right. And you tell them, I feel this and this. And I, I had this, that same doctor you're talking about who um, who looked at me and said, I go, uh, doctor, I cannot. I go, I am, I ended up in the hospital again this weekend with a stomach infection. 
and because I just I've been working all this and I, and I just can't do this anymore. I'm tired. I'm I'm physically tired, fatigued. He turned to me and he says, "Well, I get tired too." And I said, "Okay, there's a difference between you're tired <laughs> and I'm tired." And I love the ones that you know they put you on a new regimen or they some they change the regimen. Well, you can handle these side effects because they're less. I'm like, "How about you handle them for a while?" Because I'm tired of handling right. them. So yeah, there is that kind of like they're professionals, quote unquote, <laughs> but they don't know they're not professionals when it comes to what the HIV or actually feels. Right. I think that one of the important things that a lot of and if there's any physicians out there listening who uh, treat HIV-positive people, um, there's a difference between the technical scientific side of what medications do and the personal emotional feelings and, and what really happens within my body. Um, I'm not going to gross you guys out with all the details that can happen when you first change into medications, but let me just say that um, I read a lot in the bathroom <laughs> sometimes. Right. Um, I've had, I've had to throw up a couple of times. Like yeah. the nausea can hit me. Yeah. Um, especially if I take the pills, and, and I don't eat anything, that nausea and you want to just lay down the headaches. Yeah. Um, I've had occasions when food smells kind of get to me. It's like, ugh, gross. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, for me, the best thing that works to handle everything is apple juice. I can do apple juice, and it helps everything. You know, it's yeah. I um, you talking about the nausea? I they the pills that I take. There's they say you, you don't have to take it with med with food. Well, the problem is is that um, I've had a peptic ulcer ever since I was I don't know how long how many years, and if I forget and I take my one pill in the morning, I won't think about it. But like at half an hour later, I feel like I'm ready to just double double over pain because it just hits your stomach. It depends on how you how your body's feeling mm -hmm. that day. So, you know, there's that. There's the balance problems sometimes. I get some balance problem issues, you know. Could be just me. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm a little dizzy in the head. But, um, you know, there, the things that we as HIVers feel could be, and they, even the doctors say this, well, it could be the virus, it could be the medication, it could be a number of things. We, we just don't know. And the just don't knowing is the frustrating part. It can be for the doctors, but it's for the person that's going through it. Okay. We just don't know. And so, um, you know, I'm facing, now they keep talking about vaccines possibly, and somebody, uh, there was a, uh, an entertainer talking about that he wants to see the end of HIV in 2013. That's great to hear, but when an HIVer hears that, and they hear, it's usually the 20 year mark. Well, but you're not gonna see anything happening within your life team or it's going to take 20 years for right, really to kick into the mainstream and all that stuff we don't want to hear that anymore we want to hear if there's a solid evidence of something about to happen we want to know we want to see a follow-through right. because again i am truly grateful that the medication is here it has saved millions and millions of people's lives um and so we i wouldn't be here without it but the doctors and the people around us have to realize that Medicaid, this medication is not supposed to be in your system. It wasn't meant to be in your system to begin with. So your system's gonna react sometimes good, right. but a lot of times harsh. Right. You know? So you see guys, um, one of the things that we talked about, and I'm, I'm, we're almost, we're at the 40 minute mark. Um, we realized when we were talking the other day in the car is that anybody who is 
30 years old or younger. They've lived in a world where HIV and AIDS is is around. Um, right. It, it's just part of, it's just like having a cell phone or being on the internet. HIV is just a regular thing. Right. And I think we both agreed on the fact that young folks kind of forget that it's still there and it's still possible. It's just having unprotected sex, it, it's, the possibilities of you getting infected are still there. Um, don't lose fact of the, don't lose sight, sight of the fact, thank you. <laughs> As you can tell, that's another side effect. Um, don't lose sight of the fact that you can get infected. You need to be aware of condoms. Um, it's no fun. It's not as simple as, oh, I'll take a pill and I'll be okay. It's, it's, I'll take a handful of pills plus another handful to counteract those pills. Right. And then I'll be all right. Um, I'm here talking to you guys about it so openly in an effort to not, I don't want to say stop you, but to forewarn you, to, to show you what's ahead. Um, having unprotected sex, whether you're straight or gay, should not be an option anymore. Um, dating, and uh, before we go around out of time, dating, we were just talking about how the, when you reveal, but then once you pass that stage of, okay, well now we both know that I'm positive and maybe, maybe the person's negative or positive, but then sex comes into play. And then there's what you can and can't do or what there's still precautions. Yeah, to take, you know. and and I find it not ha ha funny, but are you serious funny that there are guys who are negative that will still want to have unprotected sex with me, or will want to do things that are not safe, and I have to stop them uh, when I'm thinking you're the one that's negative. You should be stopping yourself. And that's the problem we're having to this day is that people like you're back in the 80s and in the early 90s I just said oh those people who have HIV right. and I was tested every six months and I yeah no problem but it was that one lapse like lapse of judgment and now here I'm talking about oh it's us people who have HIV and it's the outsiders that still kind of feel immortal there's a lot of them out there that still I hear this all the time I got in fact I had somebody I, I was on a date and um they knew I was positive and the condom came out and they said no nah, I don't want that we'll just and I'm looking at me are you serious do you really just this this is a gun at this point my penis is a gun don't don't let it ruin your life you know I care that much about you so don't right. we're not gonna do that so people kind of still have to like the the sex is sex is great but you have to respect your body a little bit more so one thing that I, I, I'm sure you'll agree with me that with this is always assume that your partner is positive and protect yourself first. If you are waiting for them to take action and protect you and they don't and then you do something unprotected, well, honestly, it's on you at that point. You should always, if you're a girl or a guy, you should always carry a condom with you if you're going to have sex. It's just, I just think it... it it's a smart way to live now, especially if you're young and negative and you have a whole life ahead of you. And mind you, let, let me say this. We we're still have a whole life ahead of us. We're, we're pretty good functional people who happen to be HIV positive. Um, so we, we have our goals and dreams and we have 
visions and we have things that we still want to do with our lives. But again, it's with that little chain that we will forever be positive. There's no changing that. Yeah, and real quick, you mentioned the condoms. Now there, there are kids today that are that's this is their world. HIV is in their world, and there's a there's a movie called All Over the Guy. Great movie. And there's a scene where the guy comes into the clinic and the lady's talking to him. And she goes, do you want a condom? This used to hold candy. And that's, <laughs> that's it. it used to, everything, the, the little bowls used to hold candy. Now they hold condoms. Yeah. And, you know, protect. So it's, it is a changed world. And we just have to really know that even if HIV was cured, there's always something else coming down. The, there's something else coming down the pike right now. You just have to be aware that your body comes first. Excellent. Well, that's a really good uh, ending. I'm going to go ahead and, and I've shuffled the cards, so I'm going to pull some cards for you guys like we do every show. Um, Frank's going to sit here with me before we finish the show, but uh, so I don't forget, thank you, Frank, You're for welcome. all your information. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and again, you will find Frank's information on the page, so make sure you go to the Facebook page uh, for Put It Together. So it's Facebook backslash Put It Together. Um and you'll find his information. So you, if you want to ask him more questions, and also please uh, check out examiner.com uh, for my uh, interviews. We had Eric Klinger last week, and you can now see his interview, which is the uh, the series that I have on there. Ten questions. So you will see ten questions that I didn't get to ask Eric on the show, and also with Frank, I'll be asking him ten questions when the show's over. Some stuff that I didn't get to. And uh, so you can go on there and see his answers and get in touch with him if you have more questions about him. And uh, if you're single and you see his picture, and you're like, oh, daddy, (laughs) where have you been all my life? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So make sure you get in touch with him that way. So um, for now, it's about 15 till. And I'm going to do one more shuffle and pull out a couple of cards for you guys. Remember, you can also find the cards that I pull on the page. And you can see uh, last week's Eric Klinger's picture and the cards. And <sighs> All right, guys. So the first card that I get is the Divine Order card. And what that card tells me is that things are exactly are. If you are working on your relationship. If there's a relationship, I feel like there's if there's a relationship going on and you're trying to figure out if you are where it needs to be, the Divine Order card tells you that, yes, everything is fine. The Divine Order card also tells us that although we feel like there's something not connecting, like there's something not right, like we're a little out of place, the Divine Order card tells us, you're good, just keep moving forward. Um, Everything's going to fall into place. And before you realize it, you're going to see it and you're going to go, oh, now I get it. Um, pay attention to those deja vu moments where kind of things happen over and over again. You're like like a Groundhog Day movie. But it's basically that. And it's just the universe trying to get the message to you. So a Divine Order card for you is everything is working the way it should be. Stop questioning it. And if the other shoe hasn't dropped, it's not going to drop. So you're okay. I get the victory card, and the victory card tells me that anything that you put your mind to right now, you're going to succeed in. Um, it's February, it's the beginning. In fact, this coming uh, Thursday, is it the 7th? I forgot to pull it out, but yes, Tuesday the 7th 
is the full moon. So it's a perfect time to um, put your intentions forth. Ask the universe for what you want. Light those white candles. Get some sage in your house. Because things that you really want, you'll be victorious in. But it's important to get that full moon and ask for it on that night. Get your letters out. Uh, and remember what I said last time. If you ask the universe, it'll usually give you about 80% of what you ask for. So why don't I make a list of 100 things you want and see what 80 come together. And I'd like to hear some stories about that. I get the sensitivity card. Um, dudes, it's only February. Chill. Don't stress so much over things that you haven't accomplished. You've got plenty of more time. Um, sensitivity card tells us that, you know, just feel the energy. See how you feel. Honor that. Don't get stressed out because things are not working out the way you want them yet. It's only February and you're going to be victorious in whatever you put up for. If you put the good energy in front of you, it's going to happen. Um, things can only go wrong if you want them to. You've got to put your energy ahead. Put the energy in front of you and say things are going to go well. Now, we talked about this too. There are detours in life. Sometimes things happen that we don't expect or we don't want. It doesn't mean that it's not meant for you. It just means that there's things that you need to find and accumulate. It's kind of like a big game of Mario. And you have to go through different worlds and find different things to get to where you want to go. So before you can save the princess, princess you've got to find some other stuff and I don't know, kill mushrooms. I haven't played Mario in a long time. But be kind to yourself and, and be... Be sensitive to the fact that it's only February. You can't accomplish everything so soon. And it will come to you. I, I assure you that it will come to you. Um, so those cards will be up online along with uh, a picture of Frank uh, for the day. And he's, uh, as we're sitting here, smelling some of my incense. And, and I, I don't mean that metaphorically. He is actually... <laughs> he does actually have incense there. Pulling some incense and smelling it. Um, Very long sticks. So... I want to thank, um, again, Abnormal Entertainment for the opportunity to be on the show. This will be the third episode. I hope you guys uh, picked up some info. Uh, I hope some of this helps you put it together. Um, I want to thank the ladies over at the Chakra Shack for some of the information and some of the stuff that they give me. Uh, it's really cool to be able to go and sit with them and learn some new stuff every time. Um, there are stones and you know what I forgot to pull out a stone but I will talk about um, I, there are crystals that you can use uh, and there is one particular crystal that will help you clean everything out um, is it selenite I think it's selenite and that one will help you I, I got a question about what crystal will help me cleanse everything and that is uh, let me make sure I get it right but it is selenite I believe and that will help you clean out every other crystal that you have in your house. And I'll put a picture of the one that I have here along with the information so that you guys can read it. Um, I'm going to cut you out a little bit early today. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out with a song that I found on YouTube. And it's from the group called Ween. And it's called the HIV song. And it's only about two minutes long. So I'm going to cut it short. I'm going to give Cam a break and let him cut short. Um... But before I go, yes, uh, make sure that you go by abnormalentertainment.com and check out all the shows, BS, Carnival, Unprotected Sports, uh, Raise Your Spirits, On the Way Down. Uh, I want to thank all my uh, 
my brothers on the sh on the network because uh, I'm very competitive. So I like to uh, see how many listeners or what, what place I have on the shows. Um, and as far as I can see right now, I'm number three. Episode two is number three on the listing. So thank you for everybody who's listening. Thank you for your comments and your questions and, and your congratulations. Thank you. I really do appreciate them. Please go by the page and find my page there on Put It Together um, on the Abnormal Network page and drop me a comment. Uh, drop me a line. Oh, before I forget, I want to remind everybody, uh, if it's your birthday and you want a reading, uh, give me a call, set it up, and if on your birthday, I will give you a 15-minute oracle card reading, just as a gift, and um, otherwise, you can go and find me on Facebook, find me on the Put It Together page, you can find me on Little Mexican Productions page, and that's L-I-L-M-E-S-I-C-A-N productions page and you can get a lot of info there uh, you can visit me at danielgarza.net that has pictures and blogs and videos and uh, some of my acting stuff is on there um, if you're interested in a five minute I'm sorry in a 15 minute uh, reading go to Fiverr and search for me you can find me there or you can find it on the put it together page and for five bucks I'll give you a 15 minute reading if it's not your birthday uh, other than that, guys, I'm going to go ahead and let you go. And thank you for listening. Thank you for everybody uh, for just encouraging me and being part of this. Thank you for being, letting me be so on, honest and open. And I hope you take all this information for yourself and uh, put it together. And I'm going to leave you with Ween and the HIV song.
head to abnormalentertainment.com for podcasts, blogs, and videos. New content goes up every single day at abnormalentertainment.com.